0: Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a grey morning outside? Kinda muggy, but you know, that's what we get for having August and September. Hey y'all, I'm a horticulturist fell to and uh, this is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and me and my producer, my awesome producer Java Chapman and all the other folks here at MPB, looking forward to spending an hour with you just having an informal garden party. I'm not a know it all, know a bunch of stuff, some stuff I wish I didn't know, but well the next hour it's gonna be a live call in program. I have an uber cheesy tune that somebody sent in, but sit back, folks. We're going to do a little bit of news. And this, what I call liminality weekend, lemon, it's like a threshold. We're about to cross over into something, and we're going to be talking about that and whatever's on your guarding mind. So sit back, relax, a little bit of news. We'll give the toll free numbers and come back after that and get dirty. See y'all. This is an MVB Think Radio podcast. Okie okay, dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felt Rushing. And uh, I was just asking Java, should I be cheerful today or should I be grouchy? Because it's, you know, one of those, you could go either way on a day like this, right?
1: Oh, really, man. It feels pretty deep, pleasant outside. Oh, I would yeah. say cheerful.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you can still, you know, this, if you're a gardener, you can be cheerful or you can be grumpy about the same stuff. You know, I wish it would rain, but I know the cotton farmers don't need it. I totally get that. But, gee whiz. And the fair coming up, what, a couple of weeks? You know, uh, I know they don't want rain, but my garden could really use it. Matter of fact, I broke down uh, the other day. And actually did something, I'm going to tell them to a couple of things on myself, you know. I'm a garden expert, written all these books and retired university professor and blah, 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 blah. But some of my plants died over the summertime because I didn't water them. I just said, they're going to make it. They're going to make it or not. Well, some of them said, uh, we're out of here.
1: <laughs> now, Felder, what's the, I guess I can ask this because I do not know, but the difference, I guess, with the watering and the rain. Like, if it's not raining, just water them, right?
0: Yeah, but that means getting out there in the heat and dragging a hose around. You got to keep moving because the mosquitoes will get you.
1: <laughs> you got to do something. Huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's a, and right now the humidity is so thick. I think you could put it on a stick and lick it. I'm just not sure. Uh, but anyway, I did water, and here's how I did it uh, because I don't like to do extra stuff. I I don't mind being a gardener. I'm a planter. I'm an admirer. I love plants. I love my insects and the reptiles. I thoroughly enjoy all aspects of gardening except routine chores because I'm lazy. I'm tired. I'm old. When I bend over, I see sparkly things around the periphery of my eyes. You know, so I'd rather not do stuff like mow grass or water and that kind of stuff if I don't have to. But anyway, I broke down and did something I tell people I don't do, and I watered. I went out in my front yard, had some shrubs that are normally tough, but here's the deal. It it was so wet. It, for so long this spring, and we had such a wet summer, plants put on an unusual amount of real lush growth. I mean, the plants were feeling good and they showed it. They put on all this growth, then all of a sudden the faucets turned off and it got hot, and they said, Hang on, we weren't counting on this. They have all this growth out there that needs at least the normal amount of water, but it's been hot, it's been dry, it's been, and the plants, all those extra leaves that they put on, you know, when times are good, make the plants droop. So what I did was I watered everything pretty good, not really good. I stood out there with a hose and, you know, gave them a a few seconds to a couple of three or four minutes apiece. Let it soak in and, you know, cool off, sat by the air conditioner, watched an old you know, Bonanza on TV or something. Went back out and I watered a second time because the first water just sort of sets the soil up. It makes it swell up. It makes it ready to, to take water. Same thing with potted plants. You water them once. Some of the water runs out the bottom, but it's, the potted soil swells up. The second water, uh, a few minutes later, an hour or so later, really soaks in deep. It pushes the first one down. The ground is more receptive. So watering twice, a few minutes or 30 minutes, an hour or so apart, really does a whole lot better than watering all the time. And I think, I'm not sure, you know, I could be wrong because I don't know about climate change and how it affects local weather and all that, but uh, this should get them through. State fairs coming up in a couple of weeks, typically it rains at least once. So, you know, sorry fair folks, you know, all the guys on the fairway and, you know, the people showing their sheep and all but i'm hoping it rains at least once during the state fair cuz that's what my plants going to need uh, anyway for the next little while if you want to give us a call it's toll free 1877 mpb ring we got jamie sitting in there she got to take your calls if you want to uh, give us a call she's going to write down your name and where you're from and a little bit about what you, what you got and i'm going to adjust my bifocals and see what she puts up on the screen but anyway give jamie a call 1877 mpb ring and we're going to just be talking about gardening. Uh, I brought something in. I brought a couple of show and tells. Uh, one is one of my favorite basils or basils. I don't know whether it's basil or basil, it doesn't really matter. Um, but it's a tall plant, it's airy, it's, it's, it's got smaller leaves than, than the culinary basil. The leaves are green, but they've got purplish, all the veins on the bottom are purplish, the stems are purplish, and they have big, tall, beautiful spikes of lots and lots of little orchid-like flowers one of the most floriferous plants in my garden i put it out this past spring it has not been taken care of at all it loves heat it loves drought it's one of my best butterfly honeybee and butterfly plants that in, in my garden it's called african blue basil i don't know why it's called african blue it's more like green and purple but uh, anyway, African blue basil, it's almost, too, it's too strong to eat. It smells really, matter of fact, I walked in with just a sprig of it, and Java said, you're mighty fragrant, and I'm thinking, I hope he's talking about my basil. But anyway, African blue basil, if you don't have it, uh, that's okay, see if your garden center can get some next year. Uh, another plant that really likes heat and drought that I planted for the first time, I've seen it for years and years and years, old pass-along plant called Roselle. Roselle R O S E L L E Roselle is uh related to okra. It looks sort of like a cross between okra and it, the leaves look m- more like cotton. It's in the same family, but it's a bushy plant it gets about oh chest high, head high, lots of big branches. Uh really pretty Pink, uh, medium-sized pink flowers, about the size of a 50-cent piece, I guess. But it has, when the flowers fade, instead of okra pods, you've got these little maroon pods that when you peel them open, each of the little things inside, a little uh, maroon thing, is perfectly edible. You can make jelly out of it. But anyway, Roselle's old-fashioned plant is pretty. You can eat it. It's good for hummingbirds and butterflies and, and all that. But uh, it's just a good drought-tolerant really dependable type of plant so anyway there's a bunch of things coming up that i want to announce but uh we're here to talk about gardening so if you've got something you want to give us a call give us a call um the toll-free number wide open one eight seven seven M P B ring. Uh, by the way, I got a, a, a couple of I got a bunch of emails this week, but uh, uh, one was um, was real fun. This is from uh, Sandra Fisher. Sandra Fisher sent me some pictures of her pink naked lady flowers from Tangipahoa Parish, Louisiana. Uh, she calls them pink na- naked ladies. Want to know what they really were? They're in the same family, same genus as those red spider lilies that just finished blooming. But the pink naked ladies in the summer summertime are called Lycoris Squamagira or squamigira, as I was told. Squamigeria or Squamigeria, I don't care. Naked Ladies works. I can spell it. But anyway, I appreciate her doing that. And also, uh, Patty O'Neill Cornwell, uh, who's written to me before about stuff, she said, you had a contest this past spring for the first magnolia blossom. How about one for the last mimosa flower? She said, I have one more unopened cluster. Uh, she sent me a picture of the what I think may be the last mimosa uh, flower in it, in, you know, in, in for the summer. I love mimosa flowers because hummingbirds love them. It's a terrific plant for hummingbirds. And I'm not sure, but I suspect that those flowers aren't really flowers. I, I think they're flamingo larvae. Yeah. Anyway, what I do with mine, because a lot of people don't like how mimosa spreads itself around, when mine gets through blooming, I cut it almost to the ground in the summertime. As soon as it gets through blooming, I cut it down. That keeps it from going to seed, but it sprouts back out in these long, arching fronds, and I call it like a giant fern. So if you cut it back when it gets to bloom and it sprouts out the rest of the summer, big, long, pretty fern, next spring it sprouts out another pretty fern, then it flowers, hummingbirds do their thing, cut it down. So instead of cutting it down in the wintertime, I cut it down in the summertime. It works like a charm. Uh, hey, let's go to Crystal Springs to see what Martha's up to. Good morning, Martha. Thanks for calling. Yeah, good morning. Howdy. What's up?
2: I have uh, some Floral Bunda roses out front. And uh, right now, they've shed most of their leaves, and I'm wondering if I can cut them back now rather than wait for springtime.
0: You you can. It's getting kind of late, Martha. You know, this summer pruning, a lot of roses get tall and leggy. Sometimes they drop the leaves because of uh, black spot disease, and people cut them back pretty hard and August or so, but well, this is sort of like August. The, the problem is, if you wait much longer, by the time the new growth comes out, it doesn't have time to toughen up before winter, mm-hmm. you're going to prune it back anyway. So if you get right on it, you know, it's awful hot out there, but if you cut it back, whatever grew this year, you know, from the tip back to where it started, don't cut off more than about half of that, and this should sprout out pretty quickly. It may even have time to bloom before we get frost, but let's go ahead and get right on it.
3: Okay then, uh, can I come back a little bit more uh,
0: in February? Yeah, yeah. What you what you do? What what a lot of Rosarians do is they cut them really hard in February. Yeah, and then they cut them about halfway in the summertime. Okay, and and you can do that some branches at a time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the summertime, or cut some shrubs and not others, you know, so you always still have some flowers. Okay,
3: okay, all right. Thank you.
0: Stay cool, wear a hat, Martha. Enjoy. It's hot. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Now we're gonna talk to. Uh, I from Wilkinson, is it Taryn? Taryn? Karen. Karen. Okay. Hey, Karen. What's up?
2: Um, well, I've discovered that I have crown root disease on my ajuga. Ooh. I suspect it's bad uh, drainage because I live on um, hard-packed clay, but yeah. I have made the raised beds. But even so, some of them are um, still uh, showing that disease. Right. And I'm... Afraid uh, because of what I read on Google that it's uh, very difficult to control and it may spread to other bushes and trees and things. And uh, I just thought I'd get your opinion.
0: Well, a, a couple of things. Uh, you know, my opinion is you, you can, it, it, yes, yeah, it's, it's a problem. There's not much you can seriously do about it. But most of the time, it's not that big a problem. It shows up from time to time. Usually, and the the fungus that causes crown rot, there's actually uh, two or three. But the ones that cause it, typically they're out there anyway, but they only attack the plants if they're under stress. You know, too uh-huh. wet or too dry, too much sun in the case of a juga, that kind of thing. So if you were to re, I, I wouldn't worry about spreading to other plants, is what I'm saying, e- even, okay. though, even though it can. Uh, a juga is pretty, uh, you know, when it gets wilty or too wet or, you know, it gets all floppy, and when it turns hot and dry, it's really under stress, and, and I think that's a combination of staying too wet and then hot and dry. So, okay. You can, re- all figures. Yeah, you can rework the area, you know, and plant some more ajuga. even though the fungus is still there. As long as it doesn't, you know, as long as it's not under too much stress, it can survive side okay. by side.
2: Well, that's good news. That's exactly what my well, plan was, to raise the beds <laughs> and add some uh Um, You know, I used a lot of um, purchased bag soil and compost and everything, but I'm going to put some sand in it, too, to help with the drainage, do you think?
0: I I would, but... I think it's also important to, to bring some of that clay, to mix the stuff with clay, because clay, you know, when it's, when it's a lot of organic matter sandy, it stays a little too wet, and then it dries mm-hmm. out real quick, and that's what they yeah. don't like. So if you could dig down a little bit and bring up some of that clay, and then mix stuff into your clay, that okay. combination it sort of smooths out the wet and dry periods.
2: Okay, what do you suggest I mix into the clay?
0: Just, oh, oh, well, I mean, any of the stores. Yeah. uh, The sand really doesn't help that much, to be honest with you. But adding organic matter, you know, bark, compost, manure, that kind of stuff. But mix it with your clay.
2: Okay. Got it. That's very helpful. Thank you so much. Okay.
0: Now, I'm I'm just just offering hope. That's all. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm looking for. Hey, plant you a couple of three clumps of striped monkey grass out there just in case.
2: Uh, yep, that, that that'd do, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Karen. Thank Appreciate you.
0: it. Bye-bye. All righty. Uh, here at MPB, we love talking with you about whatever's on your mind, anything at all that's related to gardening today. But during the week, we got legal stuff and medical stuff and car stuff and computer stuff. And we've got uh, fix-it stuff. We've got uh, just all, all sorts of local information. That's timely by local uh, experts. So, and we don't sell anything. We don't sell anything. So, if you want to give us a call, or tune in anytime to MPB during the week, Monday through Friday, we got lots of fun stuff that's related to you. That's what we do here at MPB. We're trying to bring Real stuff to real folks. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing. We're going to take a real short break, a couple of minutes or so, and come back with some more calls. We got, I see Dawn, I see Liz, I see Bill. Anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening right up until the end of the hour. Sit back, folks. We'll be right back here at MPB right after this.
4: Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB
0: Music Radio, visit MPBOnline.org. Okie dokie. Folks, welcome back. is Fellow Rushing. And before we get to these calls, I want to throw out a, a few things that are, that are happening real soon. I like to do them at least a couple of times. Before that, last week, this past week, I spread some mulch for my daughter-in-law. My son's an Army officer. He's deployed overseas. And she was at an office party for all her lawyer friends and all. And uh, I decided to help spruce up her flower beds with a little bit of mulch, which was a mistake for an old guy because it was too hot. It was too humid. I was going too fast and too much sun. And anyway, I was sitting in the shade drinking water out of a hose. And it's hot. The water coming out of the hose is, I don't mean the the stuff stored in the, by the time it comes, the stuff in the pipes underground comes out hot. And it reminds me of something my son told me one time. He said, water is a liquid whose taste is its temperature. And hot water tastes different than cold water. That's the only flavor it's got. Anyway, a couple of things real quick that are, that are coming up you might be interested in. Uh, I had a great time at the Orange Grove Library this past weekend. Just of the library uh, of Gulfport. It was a big crowd, standing room only in the Orange Grove Library. It had a great, a uh, lot of fun. Uh, lots of what I call non-joiners who don't belong to garden clubs or plant societies who just garden and have a sense of wonder about the world. So shout out to the folks in Orange Grove. Uh, next weekend, Mississippi Gourd Festival is going to be in in uh, in Raleigh at the um, at the Smith County Ag Complex. A lot of fun Friday and Saturday, the 20th and 21st, uh, September 23rd, which is. Uh, uh, I guess n- this coming Monday, I'm going to give an informal talk from the back of my truck. I'm driving my truck to Hernando, actually to the county extension office just south of Hernando on uh, on Highway 51. Um, me and John Guyton, who's a great, great, he's a, a hero of mine with the extension service. We're going to be talking. It's, a, it's an open house thing there at the Children's Garden starting about 3 o'clock. But I'm going to be giving a talk around 5 or 5.30 from the back of my pickup truck. I uh, hope to see some of y'all there. Coolest kids garden and the state, by the way. Uh, next, in the September 28th, uh, they're going to have the uh, Wells Fest, which is in Jackson on Lakeland Drive. Uh, my friend, uh, Joy Lloyd Mon- Moncrief, has got a lot of plants he's grown himself. Uh, House plants, perennials, uh, just a huge plant sale of pass along plants. Uh, also, there's going to be a butterfly in the pass, a monarch festival, Saturday, September 28th, down in Pass Christian at the War Memorial Park. There's some other stuff I want to talk about them, but I really want to chat with, with folks who have gardening on their mind, and we're going to start uh, with Dawn in Jackson. Hey, Dawn, good morning. Thanks for holding. Hey, thank y'all. How are you? So far so good, not so bad. Hot and humid, you know.
5: <laughs> Same old Mississippi. Yep. So a couple of months back um some people were discussing the body mats that had been here and being <laughs> yeah. a water gardener, oh my god, they have they they bit inside of my
0: stores two oh, or three times. Yeah, yeah, it, but, it but, was, they, but they're pretty much gone though.
5: Well, um, because of the open wounds and the damage that they left, Uh um, and and there are so many um, bodies of water that I'm around, there are still mosquitoes. Yeah. I found that um, using vanilla not only worked for the stinging gnats, but it also works for the mosquitoes.
0: Yeah. It's
5: cheap. Get the cheapest you can get. And it may turn your clothes a little brown, uh, but I'm (laughs) telling you, it's worth it not to get eaten. You know,
0: almost almost any of the fragrant uh, essential oils, uh, you know, uh, vanilla would be great. And by the way, I'd love to – wow, that'd be great, vanilla and sweat. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, it may but, not smell too good on it, but, uh, you know, but it's better
0: than getting eaten alive. I tell you, another plant you could put out there is kind of a ground cover um, that does best in light shade. It's called pennyroyal. It's 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 a, it's a member of the mint family. You can't cook with it, but pennyroyal is a real easy growth thing. And you just take a sprig and just rub it on your arms. It works like a charm. But any of those essential oils work. But you're right, vanilla would be just get. I guess you could you mix it with water and use it in, in a spritzer.
5: Well. No, I haven't tried that because the thickness of it has really been successful with uh-huh. me. And and since I'm in so many water gardens, and I was one of the first crowd that had West Nile all those years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. And so we know how important it is not to be bitten, and that's what it's all about for me.
0: Well, they were eating me up yesterday when I was dragging a hose around. I mean, I was having to water quickly because I mean it's just and uh, people thought that I had you know, some kind of affliction because I was dancing in water at the same time. No, it was mosquitoes. <laughs> but anyway, great tip about you. just get, I guess you could get the imitation vanilla would probably work.
5: Uh, just the cheapest that you can, I'm telling you, it, it, I, I swear by it. I really do. The other thing is skin so soft because um, yeah. in my field where you're in with the fish, all the, the Japanese koi all the time, mm-hmm. you cannot wear deep.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Anyway, well, that's a great tip, Don. I really appreciate it y'all have fun today so far so good thank you okay now let's go to moselle and talk with liz hey liz how are you doing i'm doing
3: fine hanging in thank <laughs> you yeah well what's you up need to, but before i talk about my parsley you've got to come look at these puppies
0: you got a lot of dogs right
3: well i only have i'm down to just four adult dogs now but i I I have eight babies, wow. eight babies, and they're seven weeks old, and they're paper trained, and they're just so adorable. Anyway, if you can, come look because before they're all gone, I know you can't have one. <laughs>
0: that's right, that's right. I travel too much to have a dog, but anyway, yeah. what's what's up with your garden? Uh,
3: it's it's. I've got some parsley that I planted in uh in. Uh, an empty fish shipping container, uh-huh. uh, and it, I, I, I planted a bunch of other herbs too. But the the parsley, I I didn't get around to watering it, and it looks dead, dead, dead. Yeah, but
0: yeah, I
3: looked at I looked at the roots, and the root seems like it's kind of looked like tuberous.
0: Yeah, looking. it's it's almost and, like it's almost like a carrot type thing.
3: Yeah. so yeah. I was wondering if it might have enough energy to come back.
0: Yeah, here here's the deal: is uh, a lot of parsley grows for us over the winter. And yeah. it sort of shuts down in the summer. Mine, you can barely see where mine is. It just looks terrible. And if it makes it through the summer at all, it perks up in the fall. You know, this time of year, You water it, cools off. It grows like crazy. And even down into freezing temperatures doesn't slow it down. So uh, parsley to me is a fall to a spring thing rather than a spring yeah, to summer I've thing. Yeah,
3: I've had it before, it's and, and I've noticed that it's beautiful yeah. in the winter.
0: Well, don't, yeah. keep, don't keep it wet because it's, it, it likes it a little on the dry side, but if you'll give a a good soaking you know every couple oh, yeah. of weeks well, or so i bet they'll come back
3: i'll be darned i was hoping you'd say that i i uh i planted. i got some rosemary the other day and i planted that in 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 the container but i just did it now so yeah. maybe i'll unplant it and plant it in its own <laughs>
0: there you go there you <laughs> go hey hug all those puppies take a picture and send it to me
3: okie dokie i'll do that
0: thanks liz take care bye Okay, uh, by the way, we got a really cheesy tune coming up in just a second, uh, but let's go up to Greenwood and talk with Bill. Hey, Bill, good morning.
1: Hey, Phil, uh, you're right. On a hot day, ain't nothing better than good ice water, but warm water is not too good. Well,
0: yeah, it's better than no water.
1: Yeah, I've done the same thing, bring it out of that hose. And, yep. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> what I want to ask you about... Uh, uh, these people had a beautiful redbud tree down the street, and it fell over, and they just chopped it down. But now it's come out, out like you said the, the uh, mimosa tree, and it's sprouted all over the place. Right. And uh, this uh, you don't hardly see mimosa trees around here like they were when I was a kid, but there was one in an old house, a real beautiful one, and they did the same thing, and now it's come from the house from the stump. And sprawling out. What I want to know: Can I take some of them shoots and transplant
0: them, uh, or can I? not? Uh, you might be able to, Bill. Uh, a lot of those sprouts are coming up from the stump or from the roots, and they don't have roots of their own. You know, if, oh. if you know if you get a piece that's got a root on it, you can. But you know, when you cut a plant off the ground, those shoots are, are you know they don't have their own roots. They're growing off the old stump or you know their their roots close to the stump. So only you know if they got some roots, you could. But I'd I'd still wait till after they drop the leaves this fall to give it a try.
1: Yeah. Well, you see, well, they didn't do too much. They just spread it out, but I don't think they have any kind of anything on it. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, red buds, a lot of people don't realize red buds are... As far as trees are concerned, they're considered short lived trees. They don't live like an oak or something like that. And uh, sooner or later, they get rotten, they fall over, and they sprout back out, you know. And what I do, my neighbors got one. See, I I don't have one, but neighbors got one close to my fence. And uh, when, when theirs fell over and sprouted back out, I went out and I thinned them out to just three of the trunks. So I got like three redbud trees poking over my fence. So, anyway, appreciate your call, Bill. Stay stay warm, stay hydrated.
1: Thank you,
0: All righty. By the way, folks, uh, nobody's mentioned love bugs. Love bugs. Java, <laughs> do you want do you want me to mention the love bugs? Bring it on, bring it on, <laughs> because they are everywhere. They're driving people, and they're temporary. But boy, oh, boy, they booger up your car.
1: Yeah, they come. They come with a uh, with the passion. Yeah,
0: yeah, and uh, they're irritating people. They don't bite. They come out. They they party a little bit. They you know they they do their thing together, and then they're gone. And there's a lot of things that eat them. So anyway. Go uh, smile, but don't show your teeth, because you'll get love bugs on them. Now,
1: is it a way to, I guess, maybe shoo them away, keep nope. them away? Is nope. that nothing nope. to do?
0: It's like mosquitoes and neighborhood kids, you know? They're, you can <laughs> shoo them away, but they're going to come right back. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, there's not much we can do. Um, I would like to throw this out uh, and set up this tune. It's a cheesy tune. that uh, it, it got sent from, uh, let me see, I I've got it written down here. Where did it send it? I can't find it. Uh, oh, I can't find where I wrote down about the cheesy tune. But that's okay. I got it somewhere someplace. I can't find it. Today's tune. Anyway, if a listener sent it in. <laughs> and I'm so I said I was going to give them a shout-out, and I, I can't find it. This is a tune from 1966. It was a one-hit wonder and the lyrics might be a little hard to understand because of that 1966 sort of pseudo-psychedelic type stuff, but it's a great tune. One of the cheesiest tunes that we've ever come up with, and I thank you for sending it in, <laughs> whoever you are. I'm Horticulture's Felder Russia. We're going to take a quick break, cheesy tune sort of lighten stuff up, and come back with uh, more calls, One eight seven seven M. MPB ring. We're gonna talk about gardening. I'm horticulturist Rushing, and uh, me and all the folks here at MPB, you know me and Java and Jamie. We're gonna be right back. Thank you, folks, I Love Onions. That's a pretty cheesy tune. Pretty, pretty cheesy, 1966. And I found the guy, the, the guy who sent it in had, had written, wanting to know about starting pansies and violas from seed, and this is a good time to do it. I need to go ahead and get started on that. But uh, anyway, his name is Gary Gold, and Gary, I appreciate it. You know, you're a contender for one of the cheesiest tunes ever. Horticulture's fellow rushing here. And we're going to uh, go now to uh, David in Horn Lake. Hey, David, thanks you for calling, man. What's up? Yeah.
4: Uh, for the past week, I have been killing over 20 adult stink bugs
1: on the south side of my house, and they're trying to get in my, they're on my windows, on my doors, and they're trying to get in my house. And my question to you is, do I need to change my deodorant, <laughs> brush my teeth more often, or is there something that's naturally attracting them this time of year? Or, or and, and what kind of spray, or what kind of, uh, what can I do to get them I'm
0: myself was trying to get my house. Yeah, and, and and these those little shield-shaped stink bugs are there. I mean, they're not ladybugs. They're they're yeah, No, these are stink bugs. Cuz ladybugs have a peculiar smell too. Uh I don't know, you know, stink bugs I don't know that they overwinter in houses like ladybugs and wasps and all do but Oh, uh, chance! I, I don't know why they're uh, attracted to that south side. It could be because it's light colors, it's cooler. So I, I, I don't know. But as far as what you can do about it, uh, unfortunately, the sprays we have today, uh, like not like when when we were younger, uh, they don't last very long. They're more, you know, they they zap stuff and then they're out of here. So we don't have any good preventive sprays, uh, you know, and it's hard to kill an adult sp- stainable. There's a natural spray. It's called pyrethrin. It's pretty strong. It's safe for, for pets and animals and us and all like that. But pyrethrin really messes with insects. And uh, so if you go to a co-op or garden center and get something that the active ingredient is pyrethrin or resmethrin, which is synthetic pyrethrin, that'll knock them down real quick. But you got to do it just about every day.
1: One more question. I've just been using old fashioned
0: glass water and elbow grease. <laughs> that works. When you smash them and kill them, the odor they put out does that attract them even more? Uh, I don't think it's a pheromone. I think that's more of a defense mechanism. I think that's more just to keep birds and stuff from eating them. But uh, you know, if you, after you get through done that, you might want to go in and take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. (laughs) Good luck on it, David. Wish I could help you more, man. Okay, have a good day. (laughs) Thank you. And this is the kind of thing where folks will email me and say, Feller, you idiot, here's what's going on. And I appreciate that. I'm the kind of expert who loves to know stuff. matter of fact, I brought in my truck, my little truck today. I showed it to Java, and I grow stuff in the back of my regular pickup truck. And I'm going to have it at the extension office just south of Hernando this coming Monday afternoon. Um, If you want to stop by, I'm going to be giving a little talk from the back of it around 5 or 5.30. Um, But I have a little miniature truck painted St. John Deere Green with a little box in the back, planted with succulents, and all of them died over the summer except for one little tiny sedum. is thriving in there, so I'm thinking I'm going to plant more sedums. So anyway, if you think you're the only person who has stuff that dies, uh, welcome to my club. Uh, now, let's go to uh, down to Mobile and talk with John. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning, Felder. And what's up?
1: Well, y'all talking about this uh, love bug, I just wondered do they serve any beneficial purpose?
0: A lot of stuff eats them. Lots of stuff eats them. Just you know, I mean, there's there's a chain of web out there, and uh, they're food for a lot of stuff. You know, just like the in the spring, you know, when we get all those mayflies, you know, they're 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 part of the food chain. Uh, okay. And, curious. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they taste good to us, but I don't know. But anyway, no, they're right. they're they're the spiders eat them, wasps eat them, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, birds eat them. It's uh, just part of the food chain. All right.
1: Thank you. La curiosidad mato el gato.
0: Well, thank you. Woohoo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What would you just say?
1: Curiosity killed the cat.
0: There you go. <laughs> Thanks, John Elgato. Okay. Now let's slide down to. Uh, to uh, uh, no, we're going to go to Louise in Meridian. Hey, Louise. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. How a, are you? Fine. I'm going to be in Meridian on October 7th down at the Max. I'm going to give a talk about... How are you? I'm going to be talking about all sorts of wild and wacky containers of stuff you can plant herbs and vegetables and flowers for wintertime and all sorts of containers, and we're going to have a little plant swap, and that's Saturday, October 5th. Okay. Well,
3: I'll be there. What
0: you got going on? I have
3: a lemon tree. It's about three years old. It's got three lemons on it that mm-hmm. are maturing. My tree bloomed again recently, about a month or so ago, uh-huh. and all of the little, uh, flowers turned to buds. Two or three
0: of the buds stay, but the rest of the buds dropped off. Yeah. Is that normal? It, it is, sort of. This happens a lot of fruit plants when they bloom out of season. If it's too hot or if they don't get pollinated, if it's not going to form a seed, that little fruit will just abort. It just throws it off. Same thing with little tomatoes. When it's too hot, they, or even beans or peas, if it's too hot, if they're not going to form a seed, the plant okay. will just throw them off. Okay. And it's, right. it's just a hot weather. That's all it is. Oh, all right. Just checking. Okay, hope to see you in, in you. October, Louise.
3: Absolutely, I'll see
0: you there. Okie dokie, folks. Um, well, we're gonna go now to Fulton. Gonna go up to North Mississippi. Hey, Becky. Good morning. Howdy. What you got going on?
3: Got a question for you. you were talking about letting things uh, dry out and and die. Well, um, I I did that myself, and I was just wanting to know. I've got some oxalis that I huh. planted, and but the but it's got stuff below below the um goodness gracious it's got stuff below the soil line and I'm just wondering will it come out next year
0: maybe oh uh, hell, what kind of plant was it again oxalis, oxalis. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 uh, it yeah As a matter of fact it usually goes dormant those little bulb little weird looking bulb things yeah uh, every one of those is it it's sort of like a i don't know if it's a bulb or corn but you know bulb thing and mm-hmm. uh it will come back in the it, it in the the fall it goes. Uh, like daffodils over the the winter and spring the blooms, then it goes dormant, just like daffodils,
3: okay,
0: and a matter of fact, you could take those you know if you dig it up it 's a cluster of them, and you can take them and you can just poke them in the ground here and there and they 'll all sprout and they 'll bloom next year
3: cool, okay well thank you i yeah. i just i was I thought that
0: they were gone. So no, 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 sure. no, 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 no. They go dormant. Matter of fact, before mine go dormant, they get this rusty looking. Uh, it's a it's a, a rust fungus that it makes them look kind of bad. I just hit them with the weed whacker and they come back great. But okay. Hey, okay. Hey, have you ever eaten oxalis? no well it's it, if you eat too much of it it'll it'll make you sick so don't do that but next when the leaves come up, break a branch mm-hmm. off and just chew on one of the stems of the leaf it's got a a nice little uh, it's oxalic acid or something it's a cool little flavor you just don't eat a whole bunch of it
3: oh
0: okay I'm just saying well, if you want okay. to
3: <laughs> well okay thank you okay
0: <laughs> Becky, appreciate it. T- week, you bet. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Thank you. 1877 MPB ring. Uh, you know give us a call. We we'll got some lines open right now. We've got another 15 minutes of talking about gardening. Uh I just got an email from uh From Sam in Oxford, he said, "Just heard you say on the air that African blue basil is too strong to eat." I respectfully disagree. I think it's fantastic, cooked a little to take the strong edge off. It is fantastic, infused in a gin basil smash. (laughs) There you go. You know, there's nothing like mixing something with a little gin to make it where you can swallow it. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. It is. uh, But the the African blue basil, it's it's got a. it's, it's, a, it's almost a sharp flavor, a sharp smell. It's not sweet basil. But uh, anyway, it's one of my my, my favorite uh, plants. I do have a whole lot of, of uh, hummingbirds coming through right now, just a lot of them. And uh, it's the kind of thing where if you've got plants out there, they will stop by and they'll take a little respite uh, from for their trip. But you got to have stuff out there to begin with. Uh, and some of my favorites, the African blue basil is a really good one. Um uh, they, I have a vine called Manetia. Some people call it firecracker vine. It's a perennial, old-fashioned, pastel. But Manetia is one of the best hummingbird plants. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But there's an annual that I use. I've set out every year, pretty good-sized plant with long, skinny, look like rat tail uh, uh, stems with little, small blue or pink flowers on them. That uh, it's called Porter weed. Porter Weed. wish it had a better name. Porter Weed is an annual. You have to buy it every year, but it makes a big plant, and the big butterflies and the hummingbirds just drip off of it. It's a terrific plant. Uh, also, my turk's turban. Some people call it turk's cap. It's got uh, red, reddish, orange flowers that never quite open up. It's a native plant, native to Southwest, to Texas and all, but terrific perennial hummingbirds. Love it. It's a great plant. Also, my perennial blue salvias that come back every year. Terrific hummingbird, terrific butterfly and bee plants. We can take a real quick break. Are you want to give us a call? toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring I'm Horticulture's fellow Rushing, and me and the folks here at MPB are going to take about a minute and a half, two-minute break. We'll be right back with more of your calls right after this. Good folks, welcome back. Fell fellow rushing. I got an email from Jesse Lee Yancey, the uh, what would he be, the Baron of Bruce. Anyway, he said uh, a couple of weeks ago, a uh, listener called in asking about giant cosmos plants. And I wasn't sure what. And he said, well, I have them too. Mine are almost 10 feet tall and are just now budding up. They've been coming up my garden for well over five years. No idea where they came from. The only cosmos I've ever planted are the little small bright lights. But I'm interested if other listeners have this giant cosmos. Well, I did a little research and come to find out it is a different type of cosmos that spreads from seed. Uh, the little one everybody plants called Cosmos bipinnatus. This is Cosmos sulfurous. Uh, it's a giant one. Anyway, I went by and saw his, and it is really good. Also, made a mistake. I said next week is going to be the, uh, uh, the the gourd Festival. It's this weekend. It's starting today and tomorrow uh, down in Raleigh at the Smith County Ag Center. The gourd Festival is going on now. A lot of fun. I might even swing by there tomorrow myself. Anyway, a whole lot of fun. If you've got some things that I can help promote, shoot us an email, garden at mpb. Online.org. Now let's go up to the Delta, the Bell Zone, or the heart of the Delta. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Hey, Phil, how you doing? Fine. What's up? Look,
4: I jumped the gun. I planted uh, some
0: greens. You know,
4: kale,
0: mustard, Turns, you name it, I planted it, right? All, awful hot. And all... it's, I'm sorry? Yeah, awful hot all of a sudden. Yeah, well,
1: I
4: mean, I did but it. But here's the deal. It is full of grass. I mean, I got just some grass up almost six feet tall. Yeah. You know, so what are my options here? Uh, can I go out there and just, I got to finish it more? I can raise it up, you know, maybe
0: eight inches or so. Yeah. And just mow
4: it, or do I just leave it alone and let the grass die oh. when I leave the green?
0: And it's going to be a tough one. If you don't cut it, it's going to shade out your greens. And yeah. plus, it's going to have bugs and stuff, and it's going to get to your greens. So, uh, you know, yeah, if, it, if, it, if, yeah, if you could mow it, I would. There's not any, you know, there's a couple of, there's a, there's a herbicide out there that'll kill just grasses without killing other stuff. But I don't know that it's labeled for overgreens, and I don't know if you'd want to anyway. But, uh, in, anyway, uh, the only thing I could think of would be to mow some of it, and maybe think about, you know, every couple of three rows, plowing up and starting some more. I I know it's and by the way you didn't jump the gun the weather threw us a curve, not
3: really?
0: Yeah, and but you know there's you know I, that's one of the things about gardening. Uh, somebody wrote to me and said, "Is gardening good or not?" And I said, "Yes and no." <laughs> but and you know weeds are a big part of gardening, and you know not much we can you. do about that. So just okay. try to chop them, and maybe and also plant get some more started. We got plenty of time for that. Yeah.
4: I got a, another quick question for you. I know you answered this, I don't know how many times, but I can't remember. You gave a couple of trees, you said, that was fast growing. I'm going to plant some trees on the west side
0: mm-hmm. and shade
4: some of the, the you know... Uh,
0: Hot apples. Yeah. yeah, high afternoon is right. One of my favorites, and I just planted. So I cut down some big oak trees on the west side of my house, right up against the west side, because then there's the neighbor's driveway, and I needed something fast and tall that's going to grow straight up and not screw up my house. Uh, and I went with bald cypress, plain old cypress trees like all around Belzona. You know, uh, one that you set out this winter that's about knee high will be overhead high at the end of the first year and almost double that. They're real fast growing. You could put them up close to houses because they don't have those big branches like uh, like oak trees. But there's another tree, if you could get it's called Chinese parasol. I don't know where you can get it. I've got them coming up from my, my set seed all the time. So if anybody's got one, they got lots of seedlings. But it has a real smooth green stem. Even when it's old, the stem is green, but it grows straight up 7, 8, or 9 feet tall the first year. And then it branches out the next year with great big leaves. But Chinese parasol is kind of hard to come by, but once you got it, it's a great one. And I bet there's somebody in, in Belzona who's got one who will share some, seed, some seedlings with you this fall. Okay. Hey, stay cool. Sorry about your greens. Appreciate it. Okay. Let's slide up to Oxford. Hey, Larry, good morning, sir.
4: Good morning, Felder. What's up? I am I am the world's worst gardener, but I truly enjoy your show.
0: Well, uh, hey, hey, let's start a club because <laughs> I'm not a great gardener. I'm a garden expert. I'm not a great gardener. I'm a garden expert, you know?
4: <laughs> well, uh, last spring, in March, my dog that I'd had for 17 years died, and I was pretty heartbroken, but I found a nice spot out on the property, and I buried her, uh-huh. and I planted a pink flowering dogwood right next to her, yeah. and I thought, this tree is going to become my dog. It's going to take up all those nutrients and become misty all over again.
0: Yeah i'm well, I'm with you, I did the same thing with my old my old spaniel who the the the, the dog that taught me how to cuddle but i but I planted a rose over him.
4: well, so, I might have done better with the rose. I don't know this thing you know the the picture on the label of course, the tree was twenty feet tall, yeah time, and i I planted like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree, but it did bloom this spring, and I yeah. was really proud it was doing so well, and then it just started to die yeah. um the it, leaves turned black.
0: Yep. Yeah. Here, here, here's the deal on dogwoods, Pink or white, our native dogwood, the Cornus florus you know, the the regular old native wild dogwood. Uh, southern living, my friends there told me years ago, and I've watched it myself. About two out of three that are planted any given year will not live to see five years old. They're among the worst candidates for getting started. They grow like crazy, you know, out in the woods, on the slope, in the hills. But when you put one out in the sun, everyone you see in somebody's yard represents a couple that didn't make it. And and, and there's some reason. Dogwoods in the woods have this stuff on their roots called mycor- mycorrhizae. I'm not making this up. It's like little fungus stuff. It grows on the roots that help the roots absorb nutrients in water. Those in containers don't have it. So if you want to plant another dogwood, go find one in somebody's yard that looks really good, or out in the woods. Dig up some of that shallow dirt out, you know, under the branches, and mix it in with your dirt to inoculate it with that special stuff called mycorrhizae. I'm not making this up. It's true. Okay. Uh, I
4: thought about that. Just robbing some dirt from around
0: one that is doing. Yeah, yeah. Get, you know, get some fresh stuff. You know, the stuff that's two or three inches deep, where the, where the roots are. It's 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 not a fungus, but it's, it's called mycorrhizis M I C C, and then take it from there. But anyway, it's in dogwood dirt, and you can inoculate your soil with it. Whereas those grown in garden centers, they don't have it in potting soil. Well, do
4: you suppose it's too late for this tree. I mean, it might might be. There's a few branches that are down low that are. They're still fine, but I'm yeah. afraid
0: that the whole center of the tree is. Cold, well, so. go ahead, go ahead and work some in around it. You know, you can do that this fall. It's not much you can do around it. Give it a good deep soaking. You know, it, it, no more no more than every couple of weeks. Too much water is probably worse than not enough. A good deep soaking every uh, couple of weeks or so, and then uh, next spring when it leafs out, cut out the stuff that's not alive. Leave what's left, and l- let's see what happens.
4: Okay, and, and, and spring and, would be if I decide to. Do it again. Spring is the time to plant one.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, the dog was there. You know, I, I love them. I may try
4: a different tree. I may try a different tree. Yeah,
0: don't well, plant crepe myrtles. But uh, you no. know, uh, if you want something that's really cool, the rose I planted over my old dog Rusty is called Mutabilis, the butterfly rose. It will not fail. It gets big, and it has flat flowers like a dogwood that change from pink to yellow to rosy red. Anyway, it's a great unkillable. It'll live 150 years.
4: That's what unkillable is, you know, the, what I need. Yeah,
0: well, so. sh- shoot me an email. We'll, we'll, fi- we'll, we'll fix your old sweetheart up. Oh, thank you, Felder. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Okay, I think we got time to talk with Frank in uh, Alabama? Fair hope, we got yeah. Time. yeah, we're almost out of time though. What can I help you with though?
1: Uh, mosquitoes. I learned by leaving some flower pots out, just those uh, old plastic ones that you buy from the nursery. You know, mm-hmm. have a plant in them. They yeah. Got holes in the bottom. Yep. Those collect mosquitoes. Yeah. And so my bright idea was to put two of them out on purpose and spray every evening or every morning. Spray it with some Raid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a trap. It's a trap. Don't go it in that a, pond. <laughs> it is a
1: mosquito trap, and it worked really well. Okay. Because I live on the water, and I, can't, I couldn't bring myself to call Mosquito Joe like the neighbors. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, we, we're out of time. Man. What? what a, I'm going to ponder that one, Frank. Thank you a lot. <laughs> and, uh, Wendy, if you could shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org, or give us a call back. It's about your avocado tree, you know. Shoot me an email or call back next week. Sorry, we ran out of time because that's what we do here at MPB. We talk and talk and talk, and we got to get out of here because there's some more people want to talk. And that's what we do. But I'm Horticulture's fellow rushing. Me and Java and all the folks here at MPB appreciate your calling and supporting us during drive time. If you have a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market or a garden center, and, and, and especially this weekend. It's the Autumn Equinox. This weekend, it goes from fall to winter, and let's bring it on. We'll be right back.